this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to another episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. We've recorded these episodes as we've all sheltered at home, and between passionate conversations about Southern food, you'll also hear honest takes about how these cultural icons have been dealing with the pandemic. This week's guest says her Lone Star State upbringing is part of her culinary DNA, even if she's not the most disciplined cook. I don't know if I have the patience, but I love to eat. I love food. I mean, Texans, you know, we love, we love food. I can make biscuits and I can make pies and cakes and, and chicken fried steak. Some people would think that was a real culinary experience, I'm sure. But <laughs> for me, it just seems like, yeah, that's just what we have. <laughs> Leon Womack is known as one of the biggest names in country and Americana music. Born and raised in East Texas, Leanne came to Nashville to attend college and intern at MCA Records, releasing her first album in 1997. Her fame exploded in the year 2000 with her hit album and single, I Hope You Dance, leading to several CMA and ACM award wins. Her latest release, 2017's The Lonely, The Lonesome, and The Gone, also earned two Grammy nominations. On today's show, we'll hear how the success of I Hope You Dance catapulted Leanne's career and the deep meaning the song has had to millions across the world. People associate that song with these life-changing moments. Most singers don't get to be a part of people's lives in that way. And there was all these different versions and all these different languages, and the song was just so huge. And it was a little bit difficult for me to handle in the beginning, but I did sort of grow into it. And I'm very, very, very thankful for the song. Plus, her family's Watergate salad, growing potatoes during quarantine, and much more on episode 10 of Biscuits and Jam. Leanne Womack, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> I love biscuits and I love jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Uh, so you're in uh, East Texas now, and you're back in the hometown where you grew up. Tell me what it was like growing up there. It, it's a very small town, and I really did not like it very much. <laughs> didn't didn't like being in a small town because I had a lot of things I wanted to accomplish, you know, and and there wasn't a lot to do here. So I, I spent a lot of time watching TV and then I wanted to be on TV. You know, I just, that sort of became my, my world, I guess. And I didn't get to have a TV in my room. So I would just lie on the floor and watch things like variety shows and the Jerry Lewis telethon and all these things where they, he would have all these cool like Dean Martin and people that would come out and sing. And I just thought it all looked really cool and would plan my day and my, well, I planned my year around big events like that and the country music awards. That was an escape for me. You know, there was this place that glittered that I wanted to 
be a part of. And there was no chance of that in this small town. So I just sort of had a love-hate relationship, you know, the whole time I was growing up with the town. Paint me a picture of the house where you grew up. What did that look like? Uh, It's a farmhouse. My grandfather built it. And so I guess that was in the late 40s. And when he built it, he had, you know, all the land in this part of town. And so he had cows and horses and gardens and just all kinds of stuff. And so when I grew up and sort of had my own kids, I bought a house right next door, right behind my parents. So there's a creek that runs through the property between the two houses and we built a little bridge over it and we just run back and forth. So when this all hit, I came straight here and my oldest daughter who lives in LA came straight here. So we've just been camping out here for a couple of months. I mean, it sounds kind of idyllic. Well, it, it does sound, it sounds like it. <laughs> it is now, but when I was a kid and, and there was no internet, right? You know, I just, I felt very, very cut off from the world and I wanted to be a part of the world and see the world and travel and, and all those sorts of things. So, I mean, I was miserable. I cannot even begin to tell you. Um, I think it would be different growing up here now, though. Yeah. And well, so you had to leave to really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So who was the cook in your family? Mm, my mom. But she also worked and wasn't, it wasn't like it was a passion of hers or anything. She cooked out of necessity. But we ate all of our meals at home. We went out to eat once a week, usually to Sadler's, which was a diner here in town. When we would go to Sadler's on Friday night, I would always get a cold roast beef sandwich and a Coke and the Coke was like six ounces of Coke. I think, you know, and this was, you did not get free refills back then, you know, when I was a kid. So that was what I would always get the, the cold roast beef sandwich and a Coke. (laughs) You posted a video the other day of you and your mom making biscuits. So obviously some of this, some of this cooking uh, has found its way to the next generation. Yeah. Uh, I'm not nearly as good at it. My husband's a great cook. I don't know if I have the patience, but I love to eat. I love food. I mean, Texans, you know, we love, we love food and there's great barbecue and great Mexican food down this way, you know? And like I said, my husband's a great cook. So I've learned some stuff from him too, but you know, I mean, I can make biscuits and I can make pies and cakes and, and chicken fried steak and, you know, that kind of stuff. So some people love, you know, would think that was a real culinary experience, I'm sure. But <laughs> for me, it just seems like, well, that's just what we have. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all have any Southern livings laying around the house? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I told somebody earlier that I was, they wanted me to come out to the lake to, to their house to see them. And, and I said, well, I've got this interview with Southern living and, and she wrote back, she said, interview for a job? Ha ha ha, because you know, I can't work right now. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, not that kind of interview. She goes, no, I'm just kidding. That's my favorite magazine. I know what you mean. <laughs> so yes, we all had Southern living. <laughs> I love it. So Leanne, what did, uh, what did holidays look like when you were a kid? You know, it was the sixties and seventies. So we had those plastic blow molds everywhere. You know, don't <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like those now. I love them. Every time I go to a thrift <laughs> store or an antique mall when I'm on the road, I'll get one of those. My husband just rolls his eyes when I come in with a reindeer under one arm and a snowman under the other. But I love those. 
those sixties, um, snow molds, but that, you know, that, that kind of thing, tinsel on a real tree, you know, and those big colored bulbs. And of course the cousins would come in. I had cousins from North Carolina and Louisiana and we all would get together and, and it was food. You know, everybody comes in with plates of, especially Southern people, you know, or uh, country people, they come in with big plates of food and casserole dishes and that sort of thing. Did your mom have any kind of favorites or standouts that you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she made Watergate salad, which everybody from that era did, you know, do you know what that is? I don't. <laughs> well, Watergate salad has, um, cool whip and pistachio pudding mix and crushed pineapple and, um, I'm not trying to think of what else. Anyway, Watergate, oh, little, little tiny, <laughs> <laughs> little tiny marshmallows. Oh my, it is so good. So there's all kinds of, of things that, that Southern girls make with Jello and Cool Whip. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that's one of them. Um, and then she would make no bake cookies, which has like peanut butter and oatmeal and chocolate and stuff in them. And her pound cake uh, is really famous around here. In fact, the neighbor uh, saw me out on the street the other day and said, Hey, can I get your mom's pound cake recipe? <laughs> and I said, yeah, um, I still haven't taken it to her, but um, I got to run that over there. But that's, that's famous around here. You have it on one of those old recipe cards. Oh yeah, definitely. It's so funny. It's so funny. Say that, Cause when I asked my mom, I said, you know, the neighbor wants your pound cake recipe. And I thought she would just hand me a printout because people are always asking for it. And she went inside and wrote it all down on the cutest little card. <laughs> she is so cute. My mom is so cute, but she did. She wrote it. She's 80 years old. She wrote it out by hand. Um, cause it's sort of like a little gift, you know? Yeah. It just, it means more that way. Doesn't I it? I guess so. I get it did. Yeah. I didn't think about it until she handed it to me and, and yeah, it does. And she's a great cook, like I said, and she, um, and she sews a lot. In fact, when this whole thing started, I started a business with her because I told her, I said, you got to stay busy. You got to stay home. So, um, we started a, a little gift business and she's been, it has been going crazy and she's been sewing like crazy. Well, she's been making masks, hadn't she? Yep, she has. Yeah. She was making tons of masks and taking them to the hospital and to nurses around here. And we have a nurse that lives next door. And so she has a lot of friends. And I think she made about 200 and something masks by herself and delivered those to to all these places around here. And there's a hospital around here. And finally, um, I started making some cute ones with her. I would go out there and sit with her and, and she taught me to sew when I was a little girl. So I started making some little cute ones that were different. And one looks like the Texas flag and one with Mickey mouse on it and all these different things. And I just told her, I said, you got to start putting these, you know, on your Etsy site. And, and, and it's just, she's been a little busier, I think, than she wanted to be, but it's really cute. We don't, we don't sit around. I've also grown a garden since I've been here. (laughs) We do not, we don't sit around. We're busy people. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, your mom sounds very cool. I don't know a lot of 80-year-old women who have an Etsy site and are starting a new business. <laughs> I know, I know, right? She is. She's very cool. <laughs> she, her, her mother was that way, and we just, I don't know. That's, that's the way we were taught to be. Is there a recipe that she kind of passed down to you that you love to make? Well, the biscuits. The biscuits are the the main thing because she has this little with the self-rising flour and everything, there's really easy way to kind of do it and have homemade biscuits anytime you want them. And so that's one for sure. And so it's hard to get like real recipes from her. So you really have to kind of get in the kitchen and watch her do it. And so I've tried to, to do that. Well, those looked like some very experienced hands in that video. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Yes. 
So, so when did your interest in music really start to take off? Well, it was never a thing that I remember beginning. I, it just always kind of was. I do know that when I was older, when I was grown, I remember finding my um, report card from kindergarten. And my teacher, Miss Bunny Bell was her name. She had written, Leanne shows an unusual amount of interest in music. <laughs> so I guess it was, you know, from early on. But I don't remember ever thinking, you know, hey, I got an idea. I'll be a singer. You know, when I grow up, I just always guess I was going to do it. I don't know. In fact, I can remember hanging around here one summer a little too long and my mom going, you know what? You need to get back to Nashville and get, you know, get, get on with whatever it is you're going to do. So, yeah, they were very, very supportive and, and um, they weren't stage parents. That wasn't it. If I had said I wanted to be a teacher, if I had said I wanted to be a doctor or whatever, you know, that was that was all great. But just do it. And so you left Texas and went to did you go straight to Nashville to Belmont University? I came from Texas to to Belmont, but I did. I left my hometown and went out to West Texas for one year and went to school there because they had a recording studio at the school and, and a, you could play country music there. So I was there for one year, then went to Belmont. Was that year a real big influence on you? It was, yeah. I was 17 when I graduated from high school. And when I started my first year of college, I was still 17. So my parents were a little not too happy about me just going up to Nashville, you know, which seemed like such a big city (laughs) being from where uh, we were. And it seemed like such a huge city to me. I remember I had an interview for an internship at MCA records and, and it was this tiny little building. I mean, you'd laugh if you saw it now and think MCA records was in there, but it had this tiny little parking garage, two levels with about, I don't know, 50 spots on in each level. And I remember I'd never been in a parking garage before. And I remember pulling into that thing and thinking, this is really the big time. (laughs) And it was just this little bitty parking garage. (laughs) But it seems so uh, big time to me, so big city. Well, and think about how big it is now. Oh, I know. Crazy. Crazy. It's just, it's exploding. But, you know, I mean, I'd never been to New York or anything like that. I'd been to Dallas and Houston, but I'd never really spent any time in cities. So my parents weren't thrilled about me leaving and going to Nashville um, at 17. Stay tuned for more with Leanne Womack after the break. Hey folks, it's Hunter Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of Food & Wine. This fall, we're launching the new Food & Wine Classic in Charleston with our partners at Southern Living and Travel and Leisure, and we want to see you there. This incredible three-day culinary experience will showcase the hospitality, food, drinks, and culture of one of our favorite cities in the country. Join us September 27th to 29th to learn more from iconic chefs, share a glass with innovative wine experts, and get to know Charleston with one-of-a-kind experiences curated by the experts at Food & Wine, Southern Living, and Travel & Leisure. Tickets are on sale now at foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. That's foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. See you down in Charleston. Welcome back to Biscuits & Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and we're talking with Leanne Womack. So was there one song for you that really started to kind of change everything? Well, the very first single I put out 
was one of those. It was called Never Again Again. And the reason I say that one is because even though it only went up to about, I think, 17 on the chart, but it was so different and so country, so much different than what everybody was doing at the time that it, I think that's the reason why people like Alan Jackson, you know, started calling early on and, and taking me out on tour and stuff like that. So that was one that really made a difference for me. And then, of course, I Hope You Dance, when that one came out, that, you know, that was a pop crossover thing and all that. And that opened me up to a whole new audience that never would have known who I was so country, you know, that never would have known who I was if it weren't for that song. So those two are the are the ones that really, I think, opened a lot of doors and changed things for me. Yeah, you know, I wanted to I wanted to ask you about I Hope You Dance the other day. I spoke to Gladys Knight on this podcast. Yeah. Who covered that song. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, what's your relationship with that song now? Well, I mean, we still do it in the shows. There was a time, though, when the song was really difficult for me because I was this country, traditional country singer who had this song that. Sonically, it wasn't like it wasn't traditional country, you know, and and I still was. I mean, I even sound country on the record and everything, but it was more of a pop production and everything. It affected so many people in such a deep way that they would come to me and expect me. I, I felt I told Frank one time, I said, I feel like they think I'm Billy Graham, you know, I mean, I feel like they think that I can, you know, heal them or something, you know, so it, it but. I just, it wasn't who I was. And it made, it was awkward. It was awkward for me for a while. And then it, and it almost became sort of an albatross where I just dragging that thing around, you know, and how, what am I going to do? And, and, but I eventually grew into it and grew up and did a better job of handling it. But, um, I'm so thankful for the song now. I'm, I, I, it, people associate that song with these life-changing moments, you know, their graduations or their kids being born most singers don't get to be a part of people's lives in that way. And I don't care where we went uh, when we were on, on a boat around Tahiti and, and, and the people that worked on the boat that couldn't speak English, but they were, they knew exactly who Leanne Womack and, and I hope you dance was, you know? And I mean, it just, just odd. I mean, my mouth would just fall open, you know, just odd. And there was all these different versions and all these different languages and, the song was just so huge and it was a little bit difficult for me to handle in the beginning, but I did sort of grow into it. And so I would used to would say I had a love hate relationship. Now I just, I'm very, very, very thankful for the song. I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean. Whenever one door closes, I hope one more opens. Promise me that you'll give faith the fighting chance. When you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. I hope you dance. Well, it seems especially relevant right now. In times like this, exactly. Um, it's great to entertain people and make people laugh and, 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 and sing and, and dance and all that sort of thing. But when, when you have a song that can heal, that is a whole other level. And so, you know, at my age now, that's, you know, that's, that's golden. 
you know, it seems like your music has definitely taken a, a darker turn uh, over the last couple albums, but in the best way. I mean, I just love it. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, your last album, there's a wonderful song on that album called All the Trouble. And I just wanted to ask, what is the story behind that song? Well, Adam and Shannon Wright wrote that song, who I love. He's from Georgia. I heard it and I just thought I knew what I would want to do with it, how I'd want to cut it and everything. And, and I, I just connected with it for some reason, you know, I, I love what I call the high low, which is like wearing Louboutin shoes in Walmart. (laughs) And I love, that's a very Southern thing to do. And I love, I love the hollow. I love the the dark and the light and all that sort of thing. And I don't know, to me, the way I'm living just sort of is dark and hopeful all at the same time, somehow in my screwed up mind, it, that's how it, that's what it, how it feels to me. And so I'm just drawn to that kind of stuff. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Willie Nelson, who uh, I think has been a, a longtime friend of yours. Tell me about his influence on you, and and also is there you know is there one Willie song that has really made a big impact on you? Well, Willie, we had a song together called Mendocino County Line, and we got to tour together and do a lot of TV um, late night. TV shows and award shows and things like that. And I, so I got to work with him quite a bit and he really taught me a lot without saying, Hey Leanne, I'm going to teach you something, you know, just from being around him. He was never too tired to rehearse the song one more time. He was never too tired to stop and sign an autograph or shake a hand, speak to somebody or listen to somebody's story. And I worked with people who were half or a quarter his age that, you know, were just too tired and just (laughs) couldn't, couldn't do it, you know, and it was a really good experience. And that's the best way to learn things from people is, or teach people things is not necessarily to tell them, but, but to just do what you do and let them learn, you know? And, and, and so I learned a lot from him during that time. He he's had a big impact on me. And then before that, of course, just growing up in Texas, I mean, you know, he's the boss down here, you know, and everybody uh, loves Willie. It was so funny when we were doing the video for Mendocino County line and in Austin, they blocked off all the streets downtown Austin and people just started showing up. And it was like, I mean, I swear to you, I thought, this sounds like the stories I've heard about Jesus and people throwing the palm leaves down and, you know, wanting Jesus to touch him and stuff. People want, they would hold their babies up and want Willie to touch their babies. I'm not kidding you. It was just unbelievable. It was amazing. And he is completely, totally unaffected by every bit of it. And I just love the man. I love him. I'm so glad my kids have gotten to be around him, see him, 
it just he's, he's one of a kind, one of a kind for sure. And tell me what uh, the last couple months have been like for you. You said you came back to Texas right away. Has this been a real positive for you, or has it been difficult? It's it's been positive for sure. I mean, I'm I never sit still. Always have a million things going. Too many, really. Um, so at the beginning, I just thought, okay, instead of looking at it like, oh my gosh, everything is shutting down, and I can't work, you know, I can't perform or I just thought, okay, if I have two months off or three months off or what, what's it going to look like? What am I going to do? So I, um, I started growing a garden, which I've always wanted to do and, and haven't been able to. What are you growing? Okay. The most fun thing. Have you ever grown potatoes? No. <laughs> you can grow them in a, in a sack. It is so cool. And I'm doing it. Of course I haven't gotten them out yet. I don't know if there's any down there, but it's so far, it looks like it's going great, but you put them in a fabric bag. This is like a potato bag. And then you, it tells you how to mix your dirt up and everything. I've mixed in all this stuff, put it in there and then you put the potatoes in there and then you cover them up. Okay. Then in a couple of weeks, they'll start growing and then you have to put more dirt on it and you keep doing it until you get to the top of the bag and they're growing like crazy. There's like these tall green leaves and stems and whatever coming down. And now they're starting to get these little flowers on them, which means there are potatoes in there. So in a few weeks, hopefully we'll dump it out and there'll be potatoes in there. But that is so fun. Everybody ought to do that with their kids. It is so <laughs> fun. It's so easy. So that, and I've got um, beans and I saw I made this teepee. Uh, I took uh, bamboo poles and did them in the shape of a teepee. And so they grow up that and they make a little tent, you know, so I got uh, beans and potatoes and tomatoes and squash and cantaloupe all grow and it's all growing. It looks really cool out there. Like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. So I'm doing that. And then like I started, like I said, I started a business with my mom because I've been telling her forever. She sews and makes all these things, potholders and all these things. So I told her, I said, you need to start um, a, a, you know, a business. Her name's Gertie. So that's what we call her. So it's gifts by Gertie and, and she makes little baby things, all kinds of cute things. And then I go, hang around town. There's not a lot to do here in my hometown, but there's a great place called Ritual. You, it just doesn't even look like it would be in a small town. It's a cool little restaurant. And so I go over there <laughs> and that's it. That's my life. <laughs> but I have my daughter here. And, and so we've all just been really busy doing all that kind of thing. Now, you know, I don't know how long this is going to go on. I don't know, but I do know that I'll look back at this time and know that I didn't waste one minute of it. <laughs> I've been very busy and, and doing some really cool things. Well, I saw you fixed your screen door too. Oh my gosh, I did. But it's not perfect. Uh, but I know now what I did wrong, but I haven't had time to fix it yet. But I did. Well, I didn't want to call. I can't call anybody to come over here and put one in, but I'd always wanted one in the back. So I had to trim it. And all I had was a jigsaw, which is not really what you use to do that sort of thing with, but I did anyway. But it was fun, and I got it up, and, you know, I, I felt pretty proud of myself, I guess. You are busy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I just want to end by asking you what you're looking forward to the most when we get on the other side of this. Gosh, I guess playing again, and I don't know when that will be, you know? 
Other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed being with my family and having an excuse since, since I can't work, you know, I get to be with them, my mom and dad and my oldest daughter. I miss my other daughter and my husband right now, but hopefully we'll be back together soon. But I guess just playing is, is what, and traveling, you know, getting out there and and seeing the, the folks. And other than that, I've been really happy with, with a lot of the way things have been going. (laughs) Is that weird? No, it's, it's, you know, I think everybody's got real mixed emotions about it. You know, we are all kind of living under a dark cloud, but trying to find some, some good things, you know, in the day to day. Right. Right. I, um, I think because of the way I was living so fast and traveling all over the world all the time and not seeing my family enough, I think that's why this is sort of a wake up call for me. Do you feel like it's changed your perspective on things? Um, I do. And I really feel like it's been a gift when I say it, I mean the time, I don't mean the, you know, the virus and all the horrible things and I've lost friends and, you know, it's, that's part is obviously horrible. And, um, I have friends also who live in, in New York and in New Jersey and the things have really been harder for them, you know? So all that's terrible. And I hate that. I just mean the time that I've been given to spend with, with my family, you know, when I say I'm grateful for that. Well, enjoy the time you have and please tell your sweet mom that we said hello from southern living i will (laughs) (laughs) leanne womack thank you for being on biscuits and jam thanks for having me thanks for listening to my conversation with leanne womack her latest album 2017's the lonely the lonesome and the gone is available wherever you get music you can also follow leanne on instagram to keep up on her gardening, cooking, and her mom's Etsy store. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama, and this podcast was produced and edited in Nashville, Tennessee. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or telling your friends about the program. You can find us online at southernliving.com and subscribe to our print publication by searching for Southern Living at www.magazine.store. Biscuits and Jam is produced by Heather Morgan Schott, Chrissy Tiglius, and me, Sid Evans, for Southern Living. Thanks also to Ann Kane, Jim Hankey, Eliza Lambert, and Rachel King at Pod People. I'll see you back here next week for more Biscuits and Jam. Biscuits and Jam.